Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. I want to welcome everybody who's listening in today. My guest is Kali Neistat. She's the CEO, founder, developer of a marvelous internet portal called MovieSet, which is a tool available for producers, and you're going to want to listen in on this show today, especially if you produce movies, uh, because this is a tool for you. But before we bring Colleen on the air, I want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in today live. I want to thank you for uh, listening to the archive show and the podcast. I want to uh, tell you I appreciate your support and your emails and your phone calls and when I meet you in person and you tell me how much you enjoy the guests on my show. Uh, because this show is really a resource for you. That's what Movie Beat is designed to do. It's designed to connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. And, uh, and that's why we discuss everything film and television. Now, you can subscribe to the official Movie Beat site by clicking on that RSS feed right there at the uh, welcome page on the official site. The official site address is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S. That's my name. It's RexSykes.com. And keep in mind, if you are listening to this live, the chat room is now open, and you can ask questions from the chat room. Uh, but you can also friend us right there and uh, leave comments and make us one of your favorites. If you're listening to this archive, go ahead and listen to all the other great interviews. There's over 100 of them there right there on the website at the interviews blog at RexSykes.com. Be sure you go back and listen to the interviews there. Also, uh, RexSykes Movie is available from iTunes Store. It's absolutely free. It's available as a podcast. And when you subscribe to the podcast, you can review and rate the shows. And I'll tell you why I want you to do that in just a second. Uh, but subscribe, because we've got over 100 shows. It's about a gig's worth of information. You can download it to your phone, your computer, your touch, your pad, whatever it is that you have, and that way you'll always be updated to when a new interview is added, and you'll never have to miss one, and you can listen to it while you're on the go. Now, the reason why we want you to rate these shows or review these shows is the same reason I want you to retweet my guests or put it on your Facebook wall or email your friends and your industry connections or using your favorite means to spread uh, these interviews far and wide is because uh, when you rate and review or when you retweet or when you put it on Facebook or MySpace, you help my guests reach more people. And this show is about having them share their expertise, their know-how, the nuts and bolts, the secrets, the insider information that you need to have to get your products, your projects, I'm sorry, your projects or your products uh, done efficiently and effectively to save you time, to save you money, to save you energy, to get you to produce it and to get it released and to get it out there to your audience. And so uh, go ahead and share these interviews far and wide because we really appreciate it when you do. 
The Twitter address is RexSykesMovieBeat. The last word is abbreviated. It's just B-T, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S-M-O-V-I-E-B-T. Um, I want to tell you also to go to the website, read the blogs. There's Rex Rance. There's a new interview with me from PBS up a video. It's about a half hour long. I think you like to see that. There's some clips from plays and, and uh, movies and things like that. But uh, I discuss Hollywood and filmmaking and incentives and that kind of stuff. Um, there's new video at the Flix page. There's uh, new listings at Hot and Fun and at the uh, Hot News blogs. Uh, upcoming is the uh, Northern California Screenwriters Expo. You're going to check into that. Kevin Servo's got his charity coming up in June, uh, A World Fit for Kids, his celebrity golf training. Go ahead and read about that. The V-Pipe uh, Hollywood uh, Screenplay Pitch Contest is, is right there, too, on the Hot and Fun blog, and you're going to want to find out all about that by going and reading. And lastly, uh, Firestarter Films is coming up the 26th of March. It's a Friday evening in the Milwaukee area. That's where I currently am. And uh, it's a film festival that uh, you're going to want to read and, and find out more about. Also, there's the resource page at the, at the website, and there's uh, our biz, which is articles uh, about our business that uh, you're going to want to read. So uh, let me start now by uh, talking about who is going to be on the air in just a second. Her name is Colleen Neistat, and as I told you, she is uh, uh, the CEO and founder of MovieSet. Uh, she's been 25 years in the trenches making movies and TV. She began as a location manager and then ascended the ranks to production manager, line producer, and then finally producer. She founded New Cities Productions in Vancouver, British Columbia, which served serviced dozens of features and TV movies through the 90s. And then she sold that company and went on as president of Motion Pictures uh, of the now-defunct Sexton Entertainment. As an executive, she moved into finance and distribution, which led to the creation of a distribution company. Yeah, Focus on the new area of digital distribution in 2005, it shifted to digital producing and marketing. And, and then she went on to create Movie Set. And I'm going to bring Cully on right now. She's got scores of of production credits, uh, she knows her stuff, she knows her business, and uh, you're going to want to uh, listen to what she has to say about movie set. Colleen, are you there? Hi, how are you today? I'm well. Good morning, Rex. Hello. It's Hello, good. can you hear me? Can you hear me, I guess, is the better question. I can hear you perfectly. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, my microphone apparently wasn't working, but the, the backup mic was, so I might have sounded like I'm in a tunnel. I don't know how I sound. Uh, but welcome, and welcome to Movie Beat. We're glad to have you here. Uh, Colleen, you have um, accomplished a lot, and uh, you're responsible for a lot of things being made and, and getting out there. And um, I guess what I, I kind of want to uh, ask you, actually, is is this, uh, as we as we as we start in on our topic what uh, there's a disconnect usually between production and marketing there's there's you know uh, you have said that uh, uh, the production company's job is getting it on time and under budget uh, but they're not necessarily responsible for the crew they're not necessarily responsible for getting people into the into the movie seats in the theater and so there's there's actually two things that need to happen one the movie has to be made and two you got to have an audience. Now you are bridging that, and and so I want you to talk about what you've created and what you're doing to make that happen for producers. Well, um, coming from the production side, you know what what I was remarking on there was that the the crews 
success is measured by making their day. It's all about getting it in the can and your success. You get paid on Thursday or whatever the payday is because you've successfully done that. So your mandate is all tied around the, the success of getting the picture complete. And anything that interferes with that is going to be rejected. You're going to get pushback. So, for example, if you're you're the first AD and you get a call from the production manager saying, um, well, the studio or so they want to send entertainment tonight to set or an EPK crew, you cringe because inevitably they look at the, the day out of the days, at day out of days, they pick the day that has the most cast and the most business happening because that's what they want to capture. Um, but at the same time, it interferes with production's ability to, to, to do what they need to do and that's make the movie. Right. So because of this, there is a disconnect between what production wants and what marketing wants, because marketing is all about putting bums in seats, of course. And um, during production, though, there's a very limited amount of marketing activity that will normally happen. Um, you've got your production budget and you've got your P&A budget, which comes in afterwards. Historically, that's the way it was, which was really reflective of a, of a different day and a different technology set. The Internet has really changed, I, I, I believe, profoundly in a paradigm-shifting way, the way that we uh, market entertainment product. But historically, there's been those two buckets. There's the production budget, there's the P&A budget, which comes in after the picture is finished. So out of the production budget, there's only a few line items that relate to publicity and marketing, specifically the unit publicist, the still photographer, and the EPK camera crew, if there is one. And certainly on independents and lower budget pictures, it's uncommon um, to be able to have the luxury of those items, or certainly it's perceived of, as that way, because it doesn't go to the core purpose of production, which is to get the picture in the can. So, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of independent producers out there, especially that will re relate to this, is that when they, they get push comes to shove and you're trying to shoehorn that budget into a, a final number, one of the first things to go is your, your unit publicity. And that's a, a very unfortunate thing because it confounds your ability to capture the kind of marketing materials that you need to engage your audience. So I point those things out because if, if you understand where the, where the fundamental uh, disconnects are in the industry, you can then start to think about what do we need to do to fix it or to heal, heal that d disconnect. Absolutely. Because what I discovered over years, and this goes back right to the beginning from I got into the business in the first place because they shot an HBO movie in, in our house back in the mid-'80s, which uh -huh. led me to getting into the industry as, as a location manager. And I was an urban geographer to start with, so I, I was coming with a, a, a pretty useful crossover skill set as a location manager. But one of the very first things I noticed was that people would watch us park the trucks. They will watch, you know, if people see a, a movie set, it's like, it's, it's like an accident scene. Everybody pulls over to watch. Everybody's really fascinated with that behind-the-scenes process. And for this reason, I always thought, well, wow, if you could bottle that and capture the enthusiasm that people have for the production process, you know, that, that is a profound way to connect with people. And so it, it hit me you know, the same way. Well, if you could use production and the, the production period to engage with your core audience, to, to have them coming back every day and, and at least getting a sense of the progress of what's going on. And I'm not talking about broad audience here. I'm not talking about the kind of release 
release marketing strategy, end market, broad audience. I'm talking about core audience here, and, and I'll go a uh-huh. little bit more into detail about why core audience is important. But you know, you can understand that if you could capture that production enthusiasm and, and the, the insatiable appetite that fans have for anything behind the scenes, and because of that wonderful interweb, be able to do it in virtual real time, um, you've really got something profound that you can can uh, build your 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 audience engagement around. So that's kind of the thinking that that I started. To, to go into that led to the evolution of movie set. I thought if we could build the tools that enable the production people to come online, they actually become the core of your 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 very core of fa- your fan base. So say the first hundred cast and crew on a movie that are vested with that movie. I mean they they care about it and you know they can act sort of indirectly, directly and indirectly as a, as a viral force for your film. But it aligned it aligns their uh, benefits, mm-hmm. so you're able to go. You know the, the fact that there's there's a, a schedule built in there. It's day one. It's day two. It's day three. It's day four. Creates a sense of forward motion. Has the fans coming back to get their little glimpse of what happened every day, even if that's just a blog post or a still photo or hopefully a, a little mini you know video blog or even a podcast. Something that that helps feed that appetite and it's been proven you know time and time again i always uh, comment on what peter jackson did on king kong you may remember there was a kong is king.net site that was a bit of a dog's breakfast as a site it you know threw in too many things but that was back in the day where you you had to choose what player you know are we doing BitTorrent? are we doing a you know you know, from a variety of, of different uh, speeds, are you calling up on a 56K modem, for example? Didn't matter, because once fans knew, fan, and core fans, that they could go and get their daily video blog from the King Kong site, uh, it kept them coming back. It was extremely sticky, very successful exercise, chronicled in Wired magazine. And when they actually, from development through to, to delivery, when they finally finished the picture, uh, released it theatrically, then it went to DVD. They included all of the behind-the-scenes featurettes from the show, uh, from the making of the show, as an appendix or addendum, really, and sold them all for thirty-nine ninety-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's still old school. I mean, I, I, I always cringe when I get the comment from producers or marketers, "Oh, we have to save this stuff for the DVD extras." It's like, mm-hmm. oh God, that's so five years ago. Please. But um, they still are, are clinging on. That's, that's old school thinking in, in terms of, of building audience and, and being able to sustain it. You but um, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, and I can hear you, so I'll take a breather. And no, no, I was just going to say, you know, I think it's absolutely brilliant what you've done and what you've come up with and what you've created, and, and I was glad to be able to, I, and just for the listeners know, I got to take a, you know, a test drive on the thing myself you know, as a producer. So, so, so to me, I'm thrilled with it. But, but you know, I've also, my background is in, in movie production and as well as live events and public speaking and, and that kind of thing. And, I mean, you can go back to, you know, the beginning of time, people seem to always want to promote an event when it comes up well in advance and you get the buzz going so that the day of the event people show up you know and and fill the seats well 
and movies, you know, when, when cell phones came out, they could text you when the movie was opening, and, and at, you know, it's progressed so that now you get more, more things, and the DVDs have the bangs and whistles at the end. I mean, it, but it took a forward-thinking person to go, you know what, you can extend the life of this. You can, you can start from inception. You can capture your – this happened, by the way, in the, in the field of self-help publishing where people uh, could create email lists and they could have their, their fan base write the books around topics that were important to them because they send us Chicken Soup for the Soul, for example. Chicken Soup for the Soul was send me your stories. And he had literally his readership – write his book and then he just included him and sold it back to his readership and as a result became fabulously wealthy and has a whole cottage industry and what you've done is to say you know you can do the same thing with your movie production you just capture it early enough you get it up there and fans do have an insatiable appetite i mean they they will stop at a movie set they will surround a fan you know a star's home they i mean they they want they're clamoring for this and what you're doing is providing that and connecting people up with that and giving tools to, to producers right now so that they can reach out and touch their fans. I, I think that's marvelous. Well, thanks, Rex. It, it, it really does come to the point for, for me that it's about the, the journey or the experience of making the movie as much as the end product. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. people really do bond. You know, if, if they get involved early, they bond with the material. And I know that there's, there's a fear on the part of some marketers that you know they're going to blow it all early by letting too much out early. Um, uh-huh. You know our system actually has been designed with a, a series of checks and balances in it. So, you know there's a there's a built-in approvals process, for example, so that if you enable approvals, it goes from the content contributor, whether that's the still photographer, or EPK cameraman, whoever is enabled by the system to be able to upload content. They can upload, they can tag it, they can put descriptions on it, but they and they can approve it themselves, but it wouldn't be published to the fan side. It goes next to the unit publicist who can do their, their edits or their kills. When they're completed, it will go out to the agent, manager, publicist, uh, whoever um, has been delegated to, and the stars could do it themselves, but most of the time that they delegate this to a publicist. Once they're finished with their kills, uh, typically 50% kills on singles and 75% kills on, on group shots. Then it will go to the producer or marketing executive, whoever has the ultimate authority. And this does a couple of things. It, it First of all, it expedites the approval process, so you're not running around with contact sheets and Sharpies anymore. <laughs> um, and it it provides an audit trail of approval, so nobody can turn around and say, hey, you posted that without approval. Um, and those are those are really important things because they they, they provide a safety net for the decision makers, but they also expedite the approval of content so that it can get across to the fan side and and provide that steady flow of content, or as I like to call it, fresh content served daily. <laughs> well, what you've done, I mean, in, in, is you've created a user friendly interface for behind the scenes. That allows the behind-the-scenes people, who you just mentioned, you know, the, the photographers or the, the people, to go through what whatever processes they need to do, and you can release that content as you deem necessary or desirable to the fans. So you've but got bearing, to bearing in mind that that now only happens once. I mean, you're well aware of this with your your radio show and and your podcast. Uh-huh. Um, it's it, the real-time experience with the internet is 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 very important. It's, it, yes. it's grounded in authenticity and transparency, and that means a lot 
um, to Internet audiences, um, and especially as you move along with young audiences, because that's what they're used to and that's what they've come to expect. And if you hold back on them, um, you know, they could go sideways on you too. True. I mean, they, they, you, you need to be engaged. You need to understand your audience. But on a, on a really basic level, this comes back to something I read in a, in a screen uh, playwriting book a long time ago. And it said, as a writer, when you fall in love with a, with a topic and you write a script, whether you're taking a novel and adapting it or it's an original screenplay, it comes from a, you know, a place of love. You, know, you love that material. You feel strongly about it. So when you're finished with it, you find a producer that loves it. The producer then is going to go out and find a director that resonates with the material and cast it with, with actors that you know, are right for the parts. I mean, everybody is trying to do that in the creative process. But what that really represents is widening that circle of affection. And that is, that's the way to look at it. Look at like a drop in, in water and as the, the concentric, concentric circles go out. You're widening the circle of affection. And for the producer, your ultimate objective is to widen the circle of affection to include the largest possible audience. Absolutely. But that largest possible audience, just to, to, to paraphrase Peter Rice, who until uh, recently ran Fox Searchlight, uh, in a, a comment he made in the New Yorker magazine a couple years ago, he said it's not about having 100% of the world know about your movie. It's having 100% of the people that the movie is for to cons- to be aware of it and to consume it. Absolutely. And so, I mean, that's that's a really big part of the thinking behind what we've been trying to accomplish is to be able to use the Internet to identify and engage core audience and to build that circle of affection over the life cycle of the motion picture production process. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, so it's, it's there, very much in sync with uh, some of the other people that I know that, that you've interviewed um, that are looking at, you know, outside of the box, looking at yeah. new ways of, of marketing and distributing motion picture uh, product. And um, I think this is an important part of it. It's a, you know, we've, we've built the machinery. We've built the enabling technology. Um, and, but it does fit very much in sync with, with what I've heard of people like Ted Hope and John Race and um, Peter Broderick and Tr- Stacey right. Parks. You know, and I'm sure you're, you're well aware of all of this as well, Rex. Um, it really is in changing. The technology is changing the relationship, and we're providing the platform and the tools to enable that. Absolutely. You know, and, and the, the fascinating thing is is that most people, I think, can wrap their head around the fact that we're in, we're in a different time. We're in an evolving time. There's new technology, the, the Internet and the social networks and, and the, the need to, for hybrid methods of distribution and, and different approaches is all very relevant right now. And traditional methods can work. I mean, we, we're not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we're saying it's a new time, use new things. It's like, you know, in extreme times you use extreme measures, that kind of concept. Uh, we really do. We need to reach out, touch the audience, and let them touch us back. It's that whole notion of Web 2.0 and interaction. And and, and uh, the people who are most resistant to something like this or to these ideas just, I don't think, have their finger on the pulse of what actually is happening and where we're going to be a year, two years, ten years, twenty years down the line. And, and uh uh, but they can jump on board this train, and and they can, and they can catch up with the times if they're if they're willing to do what it takes. And and I think that you know, again, I mean, it, I'm impressed because it demonstrates so much forward thinking in terms of connecting 
the producer to the audience and the audience to the production and and I love it. I mean, I I'm enamored by by the fact that you've got a tool to do that and uh, so can you tell us more? I mean, well, it's I, I hard for people to grasp because really um on a again on a high level what we've done is we've created a B2B platform which is enterprise workflow software in essence for communications and scheduling and control of of um, digital um, assets like like stills and video etc so that you know if if that had worked on its own um that would have been one thing because i think there is a real i know there's a real demand out there in in the marketplace um, um within the uh, production community to have really good online tools there's right. pieces of it but there's no end to end solution but there's this little problem producers don't like to pay for things <laughs> and uh, that's why most of them are still running around with crack copies of, you know, 1989 movie magic. Um and because, you know, because it's it's just difficult as a developer and as an entrepreneur to put together a business model around the production side that works because it mm-hmm. just, you know, I I know the other people that are doing pieces of this and are struggling with it. Um, and at the best case scenario, even if you had all of the movies and the studios participating and, and the independents and across the board, you'd still be talking about businesses that were doing revenues in the, you know, low seven figures, which is not compelling. Certainly not compelling for venture capital investment. So, producer B to B side, no business model or poor business model. And then you look to the consumer side of things, and I, you know, I looked at this. I thought, well. Gosh, you know, fans love this behind-the-scenes stuff. Maybe they're going to be prepared to pay for it. You know, fans right, don't want right. to pay for content. Have we learned that yet? I mean, you can't put the genie back in the in the bottle, uh, Rupert Murdoch. No matter how much you're trying, it's it's you know the the models the, the, like Pandora's box is open. So no business model. So what we can't we eventually have have been seeing though is that with the rise of social networks and um you know it started with the with with the proliferation of broadband penetration in North America and you know throughout the world and then with the movement towards social networks which have have really advanced the whole notion of being able to uh to share your passions with people that have have the same enthusiasms I mean there's so much positive I can say you know except for the time suck aspect of course that comes from from being able to connect with people um around things that you you mutually share and care about. So that but those people and all of the information that they share is gold for advertisers. And so it was really when I realized that the model none of those things would stand on their own. Mm-hmm. I I've, I've actually been wrestling with the fact that people want to put the cart before the horse and put it all on the advertising and consumer side because it it works something like this eyeballs follow content ad revenue e-commerce revenue follow eyeballs so if you're able to deliver fresh content daily and to to be able to ramp up the overall critical mass of audience that is going you know that that come back that is going to be able to drive sufficient revenue to make the whole model work but like the old sustainability stool it's you got to have three legs to stand and uh, if you try to do one of them without the other um you're not going to get the full experience and it's not going to play itself out the way that it needs to but it's been challenging for us um because marketers and and people 
that are not in the industry only uh-huh. see the consumer part. They don't. They don't go. They, you know, they were. Well, why wouldn't producers just make their crews cooperate? <laughs> why wouldn't they just make them do that? Why couldn't you just get this out? And it's like, well, because it would require extra manpower. And I don't know about you, but if I'm working 18-hour days, the last thing I want is more work on my plate. You know, but they don't understand the way that production thinks, and they don't understand the the roadblocks or impediments to being able to get that content that feeds the machine. So I've, I've struggled a little bit um, with, with that in the marketplace. And conversely, with the p- people in the field in production, we've started going out now and doing information sessions at the unions and guilds and professional associations and film schools, et cetera, to, to you know, help people, first of all, become aware of it. And I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk to your listeners about it today. Create awareness and then start to facilitate adoption. Because all of the tools that we have built have been designed specifically to make your life easier if you're a production coordinator or an assistant director or a location manager um, or, or anybody on the crew. I mean, it's uh-huh. wonderful to be able to get your call sheets, your crew list, your location list dynamically on your, on your laptop, in your browser, on your mobile device, and not just PDFing documents around that you can barely see. I mean, these things, have been, it's been optimized and made user-friendly in what we, until last year, were still calling Web 2.0 um, kind of, of usability. So those are, those are kind of the obstacles that we've been up against. It's the marketers not really realizing the importance of engagement at the production level to be able to mine the content at source in real time, and the, you know, the pushback from people in the field that are used to doing things the way they always did and that, you know, you're, you're well aware of this, um, change is the only constant and change is what we fear. Uh-huh. So when you're dealing with people in the field, they're just trying, you know, well, we've been doing a word, a word crew list and PDFing and emailing around. Why shouldn't we do that? Well, because it doesn't allow you to database the content. It doesn't allow you to invite people into the system to collaborate. It doesn't allow you, you know, all of, all of the value adds that the new technology brings into play, especially in a collaborative, real-time environment. Absolutely. Um, jump in any time, Rex. I'm afraid I'm talking too much. Oh, you're doing great. But you know what? I do need to take a break, so I, I'll do it right at this second. And that is to say you are listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the official address a web address is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my upcoming guest. My next guest is Sam Oster. He's a writer, producer, director, cameraman. Uh, he's been on the show twice before. He's coming back to, to uh, continue our discussion. Uh, Rocky Lang is author, producer, director as well. He'll be next. Nick Mancuso will be returning. Uh, you've heard him before. Patrick Giraldi, sound supervisor, recording mixer. Terry Green, the director and screenwriter, is coming back. Daniel Eskenazi, casting director, uh, will also be back. Uva Bull, producer-director, is coming up. And then John Cowley, the visual effects supervisor for District 9 and uh, uh, Twilight Eclipse, uh, will be rounding out the month of March. In order to uh, find out who's in April and May in the coming months, uh, you can go to um, the interviews blog at rexsykes.com. And uh, I'm going to return my attention now to my guest, Colleen Neidseth, the CEO of Movie Set. So there we have it, my commercial interruption. So, um, Colleen, so continue. I mean, this really, this is fascinating. We should say that this is a tool for 
uh, again, for producers that, that works behind the scenes to coordinate their productions as well as to uh, allow them to, to interact or interface or to connect with uh, an audience that's out there and build their audience from, in, from, from the point of inception or anywhere along in that process. Um, I should I, add... Go ahead, yes, please. Um, th- that movie set, the platform and the tools are free to producers and their crews. And um, it is by invitation only because we're trying to, to keep a lid on it and make sure that the credits, um, as part of what this does is it, it validates people's credits into the system. We want to make sure that, that we keep that authentic and real. But if there are any producers that are, are interested in setting up movie set pages, then they should just uh, click on the little blue box on, on movieset.com that says request an invite, and I'm happy to send them out and happy to walk people through the process. We've created uh, video tours or tutorials so that people can, you know, understand how it works but it's i mean it couldn't be simpler it, it works something like this you're a producer i send we send you an invitation to set up your movie set site you register for what we call a lot pass which um, establishes your credentials and administrative uh, privileges into the system then you go to a dashboard that asks you to set up your movie and you upload your poster if you've got one or you can slap a mock-up in there you put in your your title, it creates a unique URL for, for the site. Um, your synopsis, you identify the pr- uh, primary and secondary genre and create the site. And when you do that, there's an on-off switch so that you can, you can actually keep it um, off from the public view. And I've had actually a, a few productions that have just used the production tools because they're still a bit chicken about the, the public interface um, and are still using the call sheets and the crew lists, etc., without going live, but you always have that possibility. Also, when you start in development in its early days and you feel that you don't have enough collateral to flesh out the site, um, it gives you the, uh, the option of waiting till you've got a little bit more uh, mass there before you go live. Then it takes you to a target audience questionnaire, which asks you to help us find your core audience. And that starts with age and sex, basic demographics, Similar movie preferences because we're working on a recommend engine. So fans of my movie would also like, you know, one, two, three. Then it looks for identifiers. What is this movie about? Is it based on a true story? Is it based on another move, uh, another medium? If so, is it a game? Is it a song? Is it a book? A comic? Whatever. Um, and in each case, this information helps with the process of outreach because you've got to go out now and seed the field. You've got to find the people that are going to care about it, because there's no sense sending stuff to the wrong people. You, it's, it's all about targeting, and that's what's brilliant about the Internet. Then we ask for um, one-line description and keywords for meta-tagging, the stuff that helps us with search engine optimization, because our objective, and this is one of the things that's really important about getting started as early as possible in development at packaging you know, pre-green light if possible, um, uh-huh. because your your search engine results are going to be so much higher. And our object objective with people is to make sure that you're if if you if you Google the title of this movie or the subject matter that you're on the first page above the fold. Um, you know that that is our mission, really, uh-huh. in, in in from an SEO perspective. And then finally, it asks if you see any product placement or or brand integration opportunities because. 
as I've been back in New York and talking to the the ad agencies, they're really interested in getting um, input about movies just as they're hitting green light and and the kind of data that we pull from this target audience questionnaire because they're looking for product integration opportunities. Um, Brand advertisers are on to Internet advertising like crazy. They understand the, the ability to target and, and go exactly to the audience that you're looking for. And if you can provide that information early enough, you may find that there's, there's a brand um, that's interested in, you know, it can be straight-ahead product placement, just putting your stuff in a show, or it can be as significant as, as having a sponsorship six-figure kind of relationship. Uh-huh. So then we go on to uh, sort of the structural things that relate to the journey, uh, the journey I, as I describe it, of filmmaking. And everything that happens on a movie is about people over time. So we start with time. Time is broken into five phases, development, pre-production, production, post-production, and distribution. And now with MovieSet, fans, as they are become followers of a movie, um, become really super fans if they follow a movie through all five phases and, and keep up with the alerts of everything that's, that's going on with that film. Those people are your family. You love them. You keep them close. Um, then, then you've got your shooting schedule. You basically frame out your dates. Um, and then with, within the shooting period, because you know, our, our research has shown that the shooting period is the most compelling and interesting of the journey to the fans for all the obvious reasons. So uh, then you can there's sort of a progress bar that the fans will see, which is based on what's really going on in the show. It's, it's day one, it's day two, day three, day four, and so on. And, but what's going on on the production side is each, out of each day one, day two, day three, day four, you're able to launch your call sheet online and we've created a, a, a super simple interface for assistant directors to compose their call sheets online. Uh, most people, you know, even if they do their, their shooting schedule in Movie Magic, for example, which is still the market leader, um, although there's some terrific new tools like Synchronize, which uh, I think has done a really excellent job, you may be familiar with out of San Francisco. Um, no, the, the call sheet is a unique unit in and of itself. Most ADs have created their own Word or Excel templates, which that that they'll be using on set, and then they'll PDF it and send it to the production office, and the production office will distribute it. Well, with MovieSet, the data goes right into the form, which is you know as simple as choose from interior, exterior, scene number, set description, day night, script day, page count. You know, choose your cast that's in each scene from a drop-down. Choose your location from the drop-down. And it just, it's a super simple thing for the, for the ADs to put together, but once it's constructed and once it's approved, and there's, there's a whole call sheet management component to it that determines who, who has permission within the system to create the call sheet, who can approve it, you know, if, you're, if you need to assign approval to somebody else because you're off the grid. All of those things have t- been taken into consideration. And it's just, it's a super thing to, I mean, it's a dream come true for me to be able to get a real, you know, visible call sheet on, on my computer or on my mobile device. Absolutely. Then there's the people piece. And the people piece is, is really your cast list, your crew list, your above the line. And this would normally be done by the production coordinator into a Word document. Well, now every time you add somebody new to the show, um, you go into the, to the list by department, by job title, 
put in, enter their name and email address, and uh, then there's a, a more detailed form where you can put in their address and phone number, communications coordinates. But then there's only a few things that are, are potentially made visible, and those are the headshot, the, the headshot, the bio, and the IMDb link. Everything else is secure to production's purposes. Um, and those lists can be, you know, PDF'd and printed out and look exactly like every crew list or cast list you've ever seen, but it's databased the information. And then what happens, once you add that person, with, it sends out an email to them, and uh, it'll say, you know, please click here to con confirm that you are the key grip on Movie X. So they click on it, they get the, their lot pass, which recognizes who they are, verifies their credit, which is a really important um, innovation here. No more, you know, struggling with trying to get your credits through IMDb, for example, which is is arcane software. On on the anybody that's gone through trying to upload their credits knows what that's like. And most of the databases that are out there depend on third-party fact-checking. The innovation here is it puts it in the hands of the production and verifies, um, in, you know, authentically in, you know, what's really going on. So that's what happens. Each person is added. They get uh, permissions according to who they are in the system. Um, naturally, certain people have uh, you know, more permissions than others. The production coordinator doing the lists, the location manager doing the uh, locations list, which automatically generates Google Maps so that you can get all of your maps, and maps dynamically online. Uh, the ADs, of course, with the call sheets. And then as we sort of move into the unit publicity area, the unit publicist deliverables come online. What would she normally be doing? He, she normally do. Start a production press release. Production notes. Making sure you've got the headshots and bios of, of your above the line and, and your talent. Um, and then fielding press inquiries. In this case, we enable them to screen and, and put up whatever news items are germane. Usually you'll set up Google Alerts in advance, and any time that something comes up that you want to be able to make visible, you'll grab it, put it into a very simple um, editor, a uh, little bit more, more than you would get on Facebook just uploading a news item, which just puts more control in your hands of what you want to be able to show. And then links, because links are super important, um, both ingoing and incoming and outgoing links, because that's where you, you, you connect to the corporate site for the, for the company. Or you know, if anybody takes your, your video and embeds it in their site, anywhere that, that there are connections that are being made, and I, I say this often and people don't necessarily get it because it's counterintuitive, but exclusivity is death on the web. When you think about it, the web is all about points of connectedness. So uh, that's where the linking is, is critically important to build as many links between your site and everything else that's out there through social media and you know, other syndication distribution partnerships. That's awesome. Um, let, me, let, me, let me just interrupt for a second to say that we've got about 15 minutes remaining, and there are a lot of people listening to the show, but the, apparently the chat room is having some difficulty, so I apologize for the, for the, for the technical side of that chat room not, not, being, not working as it should be, um, but uh, it normally is, and I don't know what's going on with it today. But let me also come back and say this to you, Colleen, and that is that there are producers, there are directors, there are actors out there who are tweeting, they're Facebooking, they're, they're doing blogs, they're doing production blogs. You know, they are trying to connect with your audiences. But what you've done is you've created this comprehensive 
program, this tool for producers to be able to do that and more. And and the thing that I want to remind our listeners who are listening in live or archived or as a podcast, that this is free for them. I mean, that, that they get on, your revenue comes from somewhere else, but it's free for them and it's free for their fans to be able to connect up together. And and, and again, I just want to say that that's marvelous. And before we forget, I, I want you to give your uh, your website or how you know. I know this is by invite, but is there a way that people can can um, find out more about this from you? Well, it's movieset.com. Pretty easy easy to remember, and uh, there are you know pretty visible ways in the you know about us and big blue and your box and your under- click here. Right, and you're on Twitter and on Facebook as well, so maybe people can oh, find yeah. you. In- they're everywhere. And I should actually mention, we have a, a big uh, software release coming scheduled for the end of this month on the 31st. And w- when that happens, we're inserting Facebook friend widgets into every movie's movie set page. And we're, we're putting the Twitter feed into every movie's uh, movie set page. Um, again, because you want to be able to demonstrate um, across multiple social media platforms how your fans are interacting with the content. The ones that are on Movie Set are going to be the followers. They're going to be the hardcores, right, that want to know everything that's going on, every beat that you want to let them know. Um, and Movie Set, as, you, as I think you understand, is where you mine the content from in the first place. But right. then you want to be able to distribute it out. You want, you want to share it. You want your, your fans on Facebook and Twitter, etc., to be you know, blasting it out there and creating awareness and, you know, evangelizing for you, finding those other people that you want to interact with. So we, we actually have two areas of, of that we're focused on in terms of our software engineering right now. One is continuing to um, expand the, the consumer-facing social media environment and to work on APIs, plugins that enable e-commerce and, and you know, a variety of other consumer-facing activities. And then we are continuing to work and improve on the production tools and the scope um, of what they provide, and also looking at APIs into other existing software on the B2B side that that do a deeper and more complex job than we do, but the charge for their services. Um, and it depends on the scale and the scope of your show of what you want to do. And, and we're just trying to enable from end to end. You know, for example, we don't want to go into the you know online casting workflow business. Breakdown Services does that. Casting Workbook does that. But we can you know, plug them into the platform and enable them, just mm-hmm. as an example. Because that's what you're doing. It comes up all the time in our discussions um, with independent producers in particular, is they want a place that they can go that, that, that has it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to have to go fishing and cobbling things together. They want things to may- be made simple for them. And that's a, a, a big part of what we're trying to do for producers. And there are some producers out there who are tech savvy, and then there are others like me who can barely tie my own shoes. And so, you know, having something that's arranged and easy, and and uh, you know that that I can learn to utilize. If I can learn it, anyone can learn it. So, <laughs> well, it all comes back to my selfishness, of course. As a producer, I can't imagine not having this now to make a pitch. Right. I can't imagine not. You know, if I've got projects in development. 
and I'm going to go to a market. What am I going to take? I'm going to take a one sheet. What's on a one sheet? A mock-up poster, a synopsis, a list of your key, key talent, creative attachments, and perhaps some um, marketing information. You're going to back it up with your budget and schedule and fi- financing plan. But that little little document is easily transposed into movie set, and then you can point to that, and it's a you know heck of a lot more compelling than a piece of paper that's just going to go into the the bin. Um, and we have found that we actually in Canada now have producers coming to us and asking us for letters of intent to support their productions finance because it, it, it is compelling if you're a distributor or a sales agent to be able to see that you've got all of this collateral around yeah. this project which has been accumulating over some time. And when you get but, to the other end, let me give you one more example. No, no, go ahead. Go for it. It just finished uh, its mix uh, that was shot in Detroit, posted in Los Angeles. It was just in Berlin, and we got involved with them back after Cannes last year in May, and they got just terrific stuff up. It's a movie called The Irishman, Jonathan Hensley directed, and there is a, a real bounty of behind-the-scenes content that's accumulated since last last June, basically. So they're able to go to to, to uh, Berlin and say, look, we they've actually attached 75,000 unique viewers to that content while the movie was still in production and post-production. Exactly. And to be able to take that to a distributor, a sales agent, and say, this is not crystal ball gazing. We're able to show tangible evidence of audience engagement and enthusiasm for this project. Buy us, please. You know, absolutely, and, and, and this refers back to the point that I made about the publishing industry, and that is that publishers are so much more ready to publish nowadays. I mean, even even going through the, the normal traditional channels, when they know that the author has 25,000 or 50,000 or 250,000 people who are following their work, because they, they're smart enough to go, you know, these are consumers. They're following this person. They're a fan. So the same thing with the movie business. Distributors can look at and go, you know what, we already have X amount of people who are interested in this project. So, uh, you know, it it it, it does, uh, you know, an awful lot. And I I mean, in, in terms of, of, of making what you're doing viable, you know, in terms of, of selling it, marketing it, and getting it out there. But I, I want to say something, too, that um, yeah, I had this discussion with John Paul Rice in, an, in, the, in another interview, and I had mentioned that I have been trying to get numerous producers and, and, and directors that I work with to to embrace this sort of technology and this sort of uh, the idea. And, and this was before I knew about MovieSet, and, and now it's here. And so now I've been telling them about this, and, and they're they're excited. But but some of them have been you know reticent. And then the other day. Uh, I had a meeting and somebody called me up and said, "How quick can I get a website up?" And I said, "Well, I, I got I want to share this platform with you." And he said, "Well, well, what?" And he said, "Well, my investors want to know if I'm on a website. They want to know if I've got, you know, IMDb. They want to know about all these different things." And, and I said, "Listen, this is this is what I'm talking about. You know, you can you you this is this is one of those tools that helps investors or distributors look at your product, your project, your production company, and go, this is credible. Look at what they've got." And 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 that is a fabulous fabulous thing for me as a producer. This is a fabulous thing for producers everywhere. So, um, well, the we've problem about with standalone websites is it's like the equivalent of a brochure in the bus station. Right. Um, they you you really need to go be in an aggregated environment and go where the people are. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you should be focused on content and engagement, not building websites. 
I mean, quite frankly, um, it's just it's not a, a constructive use of your time as a producer or of your limited resources. Um, right. Now, that's going to be different if you're you're the studio and you're doing a big tentpole picture. Um, you know, they're you know they've got the resources and um, the staff and and everything around it to be able to drive that. But for most most people. Um, I, again, I think this is something that over over the last five years in particular, not knowing what to do, you see that people have been putting out these flash standalone websites for their movies. And they drive us crazy, frankly, because they're not indexable by Google. Yet there, there's no SEO ability to them at all. So you've got to either send somebody there as a direct they, – they're not going to find you, let's put it that way. You've made it too difficult for them um, because it's a needle in a haystack exercise. So that's why, I, again, I, I say it's important to be in an aggregated environment. Take advantage of the tools that exist and focus on what you should be focused on, which is creating compelling content and engaging with your core audience. Well put. Very well said. We've got about five minutes left. I know I interrupted you at some point, too, when you were talking about links and different things. Uh, I'm going to say this. You know, our chat room is down. People can't ask questions as 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 they might like to. Um, I want to invite you back, you know, at another time and, and discuss this. And if we get questions by email, people can send in their email questions to uh, to me through the website. They just go to the contact page, uh, you know, click my email there and uh, – and that way you can email the show directly. Put your question in the body of the letter and the uh, name of my guest in the in this case, Colleen I said, put her name or movie set in the in the subject header and send them off. And if we get questions, we can answer those in advance. Uh, otherwise, we'll come back. We'll have the chat room open. Maybe it'll be working that time and uh, be able to address uh, you know questions and answers at that point. But uh, certainly, would love to have you back to discuss this again. And uh, and with the four minutes remaining, what uh, what should we know, or how should we how how can people proceed at this point? Um, well, educate yourself. Um, yeah. That's always my my recommendation, and and don't fear change. I know that's a hard thing to say, but I hearken back to when I was a location manager. Uh, I, actually, I think I did well because as a geographer, I was forced to take cartography as one of my required courses for my degree. Uh-huh. So I knew, how to, I knew how to draw maps, which was real valuable in the, in the day to the location managers because I had to produce maps every day. But over time, of course, the, the technology changed the way that I did my job and the way that those maps were provided. And now, actually, with MovieSet, everything you know is plugged into... Google Maps and dynamically generated, and we're able to pinpoint, you know, here's the shooting location, here's where you park, here's extras holding, here's the hospital, here's lunch, you know, all that level of detail, but using um, enabling technology. Also, you know, going back to the mid-'80s, I remember begging production for a cell phone. And in those days, it was, you know, it was the brick. You remember those oh. things, Rex? And there was the, it cost a fortune and nobody, I remember the props guy got the first one on set, and it was it was sort of a, a, a briefcase size thing, and the producers would sit in the car and call L.A. and rack up these huge bills, which is probably why production didn't want to give the location manager a cell phone. <laughs> right. So what I would do, of course, is I would mark on my maps where all the pay phones were and run around with pockets full of quarters 
you know, be, trying to put out fires all the time because there's there's no job that is more demanding than a locations person on the ground trying to sort out, you know, the interface between the production crew and the public. And somehow we managed to do it without cell phones. But, you know, gosh, you know, once we did get them, how did it transform and make our life that much easier to do our jobs? So it's that mindset, I think, that, that I've I've held through all of this is knowing the nuts and bolts knowing how hard the job is, um, we've tried to create tools that, that enable it, that are familiar, that look what, look like what people are used to seeing. You know, I don't know if you, you remember this, but when Movie Magic and the early scheduling programs came out, they all still have strip boards that look like the old strip boards that we used to use. Is that the best way to be organizing uh, your schedule for a show? No, but it was visually familiar. And so that's that's why we've made it so that the call sheets still print out like call sheets and crew lists still print out like crew lists and everything looks the same because when you're dealing with adoption issues and technology, there's bound to be a sort of a learning curve that goes with it. So my message there is is educate yourself. Familiarize yourself with what's available and take advantage of it. And don't be afraid of your fans because um, they make it all possible. Um, when you're making the movie, you're making it for them. And if, if you go through that target audience questionnaire and the answer is, I'm making this movie for me, well, maybe you shouldn't be making the movie. It it's really should be about the people that you're trying to connect with. And the Internet has made it possible for you to identify and connect with people like never before. So don't be afraid of it. You know, put your toe in the water and um, you know you'll find over a short period of time. I think that it's it's very enlightening and very enabling. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And again, the uh, web address is movieset.com. Now, are, are there places out there they can go as fans? Well, fans go to MovieSet. Uh, yeah. Every movie uh, has its. Uh, that's the way to think of it. There's every movie has its own page. And or own site that has all of this information in it, and the the production side is where the inputs come from. Think of it as inputs and outputs. The outputs is what the fans get to see. And and right now, could a listener go to some movie and and check out? Uh, Absolutely. Their, is there one that we can name that so they know well, where I to just, go? I, I just pointed to the Irishman. Oh, the Irishman. Yes, I was going to say. Uh, right. The top ten list, top ten most popular movies list on the right hand column, about halfway down the, the site on the on the portal, the main uh-huh. platform page, and that that list is refreshed constantly. And we've actually had producers competing to get into that top ten ten list because it it you know again it bodes well for the success of their projects while they're in production. And ones that have, have been there consistently are the ones that started right from production onward and have built up that, that base of audience that keeps them in the top ten. So you can look at any one of those and see the kinds of content uh, that has been provided to fans um, up to this point. That is fantastic. You know, we are out of time, but Colleen Nystedt of, of movieset.com. I want to thank you so much for being here, and we will have you back, and we'll let the guests know when that's going to happen uh, and announce it on both the blogs and on the on the show. Thank you. Well, thanks so much, Rex, and uh, producers out there, come on down. Absolutely. Go go visit movieset.com. Thanks, Colleen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, uh, there you have it. I want to thank Colleen for being here today and for informing you about this fabulous tool. I hope you will go check it out right now. 
keep in mind that we've got many more fabulous guests coming up. Uh, and there's over 100 interviews archived. And as a podcast at the iTunes stores, it's Rex Sykes Movie Beat. And, uh, and go search it out, find it out, go to the iTunes store. You can find us at Movie Beat or Rex Sykes or Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official website is RexSykes.com. Join our Facebook fan page. Join the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Facebook group. Go to my profile. Go to Colleen's on Facebook, Movie Set on Facebook. And everybody, you know what? Have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects. And until we meet the next time, that is a wrap. <laughs>